I've been listening to this podcast from this guy from Houston, and he says stuff. He said, get off my property. Yep. I'm like, man, I miss that. Uh-huh. We're just losing ours all over the place. Yep. Um, so, so my grandfather, a little quick story, sorry. Uh, my grandfather, um, you you could, uh, I could tell my dogs, I could say, get on out of here. Mm-hmm. And my dogs wouldn't even address anything. They wouldn't do anything. They won't bark. But my grandfather used to say this, get on out of here. And I can make that noise right there. And my German shepherd goes absolutely bat crazy. (laughs) But I could say the words, get on out of here. Nothing. Get on out of here. Yeah. My dogs are on it. (laughs) And you have to change that accent on that last syllable. You have to do it. Because we heard the same thing when I was growing up. Get on out of here. Get on out of here. It's get on out (laughs) of here. Get on out of here. How do you spell do this? It. <laughs> so, get yeah. on out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, get thy butteth off my lawn. <laughs> Salt and Rock, episode 15, the Simon Peter conclusion. I just want to tell everybody that's listening, thanks for bearing with us as we've split this into three different episodes. I know it gets kind of choppy when we cut our thought process down and split it across weeks. Let's jump right back into Peter. Salt and Rock. When Peter takes off as a missionary, he's still one of the leaders of the church, but mm-hmm. I think he gives like the the reins for the most part to James. Right. Uh, because shortly after this, Herod arrests James and kills him. Because it incites other people, he arrests Peter and is going to have, have Peter put on trial. God sends an angel while they're in jail. Right. Or while Peter's in jail. And the the angel unchains him from two guards and walks him past two guards that are sleeping. Right. Opens all the doors outside of the jail. And the Bible specifically says that Peter thinks it's a vision. Yeah. He's seeing this stuff happen. He's like, I'm having a dream. He gets to the wall of the, the, like, of the city mm-hmm. and the city gate opens. And then the angel walks him outside. And, and then Peter realizes, oh, no, this is for real. You have all this stuff happen supernaturally. Right. Letting him escape from Herod. And so then it says that he he dwells in a different place. So uh, he's hiding from Herod because Herod's looking for him. Herod eventually is killed. It's a lot of history going on there. Uh, Yeah, and we're burning through it because it's... uh, (laughs) I mean, a lot of history happened just then. (laughs) Yeah. Hard to to put a lot of of emphasis on that and, and still hit our time constraints. But Herod later is killed because... Some cities need assistance, and he helps. He gives them assistance during the famine, and all the people of those cities praise him, and they say, "Oh, thank you, Herod. You're so wise." Da, 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 da. And Herod's like, "You're right, I am." And yeah. God says, "Should have given me the credit." Thwap. <laughs> so hasn't fully transitioned to the New Testament God yet, right? So we talk about the incident in Antioch, and we don't really know when that happened, as as it relates to Peter's life. There's there's a lot of rumors about possibly another book being written. There's some illusion that the the writers of Acts would have written a separate book, but it, it either got lost or didn't get written. Who knows what happens? Maybe yeah. James was going to write it. And James is killed. I, we don't really know what happened. So a lot of Peter's life is kind of lost. You see some stuff outside of the Bible. He's the first pope. Yeah. What we do know is through history of about when he dies, and it's yeah. almost the same time as, yeah. as Paul. But before we get there... We should probably talk about First Peter and Second Peter because those are the books that he actually wrote. And I think that he this, wrote books. Yeah, 
with Silas's help. <laughs> right. And so that's the thing is that we we talked that um, Peter and Paul kind of worked in tandem together. Right. And they may or may not have always gotten along because two leaders in a church don't always get along. Sometimes butt heads, sometimes disagree. New churches pro- spring up all the time. Right. <laughs> but there's enough working together that you can see through the fact that he's working with some of the same people. He works with John Mark. He works with Silas. Right. Barnabas. Barnabas. You know, John Mark's... James. You could make the argument that, well, John Mark left Paul and Barnabas to go work with... I don't think that's it, though, because... At I think the they end, were all sharing resources. At the end of Paul's of land life, he brings John Mark back in. Yeah. So, so that's not... I don't... I don't think there's any any reason to believe that they're not they're not working together. They're they're working in different areas, like we do in churches. How many how many pastors do you have in your church? Your church is smaller. We have actually two pastors, mm-hmm. and the others are leaders. Right. So two pastors. Yeah, but you got a youth pastor too, right? Well, so you <laughs> yeah, okay. Have, so but, we have three youth. Pa- we have three pastors in our church. We have a, a senior pastor, youth pastor, and associate pastor. Right. So. And then it, and then you have a worship minister, leader, and, right? And yeah, so you have lead, leader. leadership positions right. that may or may not right. be pastors based on the administration leader. Yeah. <laughs> so we talk about we talk about the, that Peter's probably the first pope, right? As the first pope, he writes First Peter, and you see Paul talking to people about. He, you see Paul talking to Gentiles. You see Peter talking to a lot of the um, the Jewish Christians. And I think you see a lot of persecution during this time. Yeah. Because it's just not acceptable it's, for you to give up thousands of years of history right. to serve this guy that got killed and the body was hidden. Right. You know, for the, for non-believers. Right. So the whole premise of First Peter, basically, if you were to take it all and put it down to one mission statement, the whole book of First Peter is living a holy lifestyle despite suffering or persecution. Wow. That's that's like the whole premise of which is not a it's not a super long book four or five chapters and that's kind of the top the overall thing of it. Um, I do want to talk a couple of scriptures in in First Peter because I think they're important to talk about. Let's do it. I think oftentimes at least one of these scriptures is misused. I think it would be the right right way to phrase it. First uh, Peter three, very first verse is. If not the most misused scripture in the Bible, it's got to be in the top five, I would say. I'm going to read this in NIV. Uh, so here's First Peter. Okay. First Peter 3, 1. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Mm. And that's usually where we stop. When yeah, you hear most this, people stop right there. When you hear this stop. So, it's mostly a man that stops right, right. there. <laughs> um, that does not say wives get in the kitchen and make me a sandwich. Right. So let's read the rest of that. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. Right. So That's that, deep. That's, that's good. That's really deep. That's going to be good stuff if you read it right. all the way through. If you read it in its entirety, mm-hmm. it makes a huge <laughs> difference. Yeah. That's not just sit there and be in, in a bad relationship and just give in and give in and give in. Yeah. This, so the message, you want to hear the message sure. real quick? The yeah. message says the same goes for you wives, be good wives to your husbands responsive to their needs. There are husbands who indifferent as they are to any words about God will be captivated by your life of holy beauty. What matters is not your outer appearance, the styling of your hair, the jewelry you wear, the cut of your clothes, but your inner disposition. 
Yeah, yeah so so that's often misinterpreted. Oh, yeah. I, and I think in order to look at that in, in the whole, you have to go down to seven and say, husbands, in the same way, be considered as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you in the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Right. And so when you tie those two scriptures together, yes, it does make the reference that they might be the weaker physically. I would say strength-wise. Which not spiritually, not, not emotionally. Right. <laughs> and and not always physically. Right. I know some women out there that are a little stronger than their man. Either way, that's that's neither here nor there. The the important takeaway from this is that in the that you are heirs with your wife. Exactly. You should be one flesh. Yeah, one. This is one of the things that that I talked about when Jen and I first started dating. It was, this is the first time that I don't have to worry about what her intentions are. Right. Like, she's not going to do things that manipulate because it, it benefits her. Her thought process was never, well, how is this going to work out for me? I don't really care if it works out for him. We both made decisions based on the well-being of the other person. Right. And that was when I was like, hmm, that's wife material. Mm-hmm. So, um, I wish that would have been because I mean Stephanie and I have obviously we've evolved in our right. marriage based on from where we were at. Right. But that was, you know, we can get into a whole other story right. as to me. Right. But I mean, the last four years has been uh, more of a, a submitting to my wife and her submitting to me equally. Right. You know, to create a better union between the two of us. Right. You know, so I mean, it's been good. It's like yeah. we've. It's like we've only been married four years, but we're hitting 22. Well, that's where I'm at. Well, four years. Just four years in general, though. I, I was just starting out right, though. I was blessed. I was blessed <laughs> because we were not Christians when we got married. Yeah. We were not Christians when we were dating. We lived as what some of my some of my friends now call um, playing married. Yeah. We lived together for a couple years before we got yeah. married. So you know, and we don't hide that. We we weren't, no, I, we weren't yeah. Christians, and we're not bragging about it. We hope that our our children live a sep- a different life than that. But realistically, you're your own story, mm-hmm. and your story made you who you are. Exactly. But I was incredibly blessed that I had a woman put in my life that looked at me in the way that they should, because I wasn't looking for a right, wife. A wife. Yeah. That was the jewels in my crown. What's this? What's the proverb? Oh, I don't know. We could get into the song of Solomon. Yeah, it's a it's a sex story. We should do a podcast on that. <laughs> Good, it had to be bonus material. It would it be. Explicit. It's uh, salt and rock after dark, <laughs> right? It's like Delilah. Uh, yeah, song of Solomon's basically a Fabio story. So, um, so anyway, overall, First Peter is about living during persecution, but that is a that is a couple scriptures there that I wanted to make sure we covered because they're big. Oh yeah, and and often often mistaken. I don't think that what a lot of questionable church leaders yeah. are teaching with that scripture uh, is really how it should be. Um, I, I think people manipulate the scripture for what they their the way they want to portray it. So right. So um, whatever works best for their household. Yep, should be equals. You're going to be one flesh. You got to work as one exactly one, one partnership, and that's that's how Jen and I do things. It's hundred percent. And and I have people that will say, "Oh, you got to check with your wife." Mm-hmm. And I have a I have a phrase that I use for that. And, yeah, and I'm not going to say it on the podcast, okay. but but yeah, my wife and I make joint decisions. Yes, we do. Um, and if you <laughs> all want, the time, and if you want to tease me about it, by all means, send us an email. <laughs> uh, so, 
I won't even respond to the, to those kind of emails uh, unless it's a hey, me too. I I appreciate that you're you're actually yeah. going to voice this right. So then you have Second Peter, and Second Peter is kind of the summation of Peter's life. The history that I read said it was written around sixty five, which is kind of funny because the majority of the research that I saw said that Peter was killed in sixty four. Right. That's what I found. But then I found some other text that said that it was somewhere between 64 and 67. Either way, Second Peter was written after a, he got a letter from Jude, which is a book yeah, of Jude. Right. Second Peter is written to, or to the Christian church because it's roughly 30 years after Jesus resurrected. Everybody's looking for Jesus to return, but now it's been 30 years, and now you're starting to see a lot more martyrs. Paul's in prison under Nero. Peter's in prison under Nero. Everybody right. knows that like the two largest leaders in the Christian church are in jail, going to, to die, die. Yeah, because right. Nero's killing Christians. He blamed the great fire of Rome on Christians. It's a dim lit time for the Christian church. And so Peter writes this to these, to these Christians and says, I know that your faith is starting to be wavered. Mm-hmm. You're starting to not believe that Jesus is coming back, but I need you to know that he's the same now as he was 30 years ago, and he is coming back for us, and live your life like he's coming back. Exactly. Don't live your life like he's forgotten about us. Yeah. Which I think is this really pretty end to Peter's life. Yeah. Because what did Peter struggle with his entire life walking with Jesus? <laughs> faith. Faith. Evan's faith. And so now he's, so now he's preaching and faith. And now he's preaching faith. Yeah. Faith so, is given, this, this, this faith was given to you because of, the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. I mean, now he's pouring it into the people in his last writings, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think that this is that fulfillment of Jesus's prayer in Luke, that I want your faith to be strong. I want your faith to not fail. Your spirit is strong. Your flesh is weak. I want you to, to live this life. I think that this is finally, it's it's come to full fruition. Yeah. Now he's saying, okay, <clears throat> my faith is strong. It's unshakable. I need you guys to have the same thing. Yeah. And then he's martyred. Yeah. So it's crazy, man. The historians say that he was crucified and he refused to be crucified as Jesus because he, what he didn't live up to the crucifixion, crucifixion of Jesus. Right. So the rumor is, is that he was crucified upside down. And there's a lot of story behind. Oh yeah. His crucifixion. So, I mean, his death. Yeah. So he was killed around the same time as Paul, which is kind of, it's kind of funny that, you know, they were born around the same time. Paul was born, I think we said, what, 1 BC or so? Peter was one around 1 BC. And I think Paul was either 1 BC or 1 AD. There was, right. Maybe there's a five-year gap. Just a few years that. between Yeah, the so two. they're relatively the same age, and they died yeah. relatively the same time. It's, you know, in this whole Nero... Um, situation where he's killing Christians and um, it gets pretty pretty hairy. Um, so it's a dark time to be to be a Christian. But you know, through First Peter and Second Peter, he he gives a he gives a lot of hope to people. Right. You know, he's given the hope of Jesus was persecuted, we're being persecuted too, and you'll survive it. <laughs> and then don't forget, Jesus is still coming back. So don't abandon hope and mm-hmm. and live your life that way. So I think it's he gives us some really relevant material. So good for us. Thanks for joining us today on Salt and Rock. If you liked what you heard, feel free to reach out to us at saltplusrock at gmail.com. That's all letters, S-A-L-T. 
P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K at gmail.com. If you'd like to become a contributor to Salt Plus Rock, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com slash salt plus rock. Once again, all letters S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K, where you can give a contribution as small as $5. Hey, every little bit helps. <laughs>